meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 29 and emotional eating and happy new year. For those of you who are listening to this, I publish a new episode every Wednesday and this is publishing on January 1st, 2020. What in the world is going on? And before I get into today's topic, um, Amber was nice enough to write a review and she says the biggest takeaway was learning the way I reacted had a lot to do with the way my daughter acted. And that seems so small, but it was huge for me because if I'm the problem, then I can be the solution. Oh my goodness, that's what I keep saying over and over. She said, I raise my voice when I'm mad and it taught my daughter to yell and scream when she was upset. Through this parenting boot camp, the main change I made was to lower my voice and that alone made such a difference. She calms down faster and doesn't yell and scream as much. I'm not saying everything is perfect. My daughter is three and still throws some tantrums. But being able to calm her down while staying calm is a huge improvement from where we were. And I'm really appreciative of you and this group. Thank you. That was a review from the parenting boot camp, which I run every single stinking honkin' month and have been ever since November of 2014. And some months we have 100 people in the group. Some months we have 600 people in the group. So I listen every single month and I know the compound effect of all those months of doing all of those parenting boot camps, hearing feedback after feedback after feedback over and over and over the, this is how the podcast was born from listening to all of the feedback from all those parenting boot camps of what parts resonated with you, what lit you up, what changed, what helped you. And that is what created this podcast. So if you have been a boot camper before, which I'm sure you have, if you're listening to this, you are the reason why this podcast was born. Just know that. And if you haven't taken it yet, that's okay. There's still time. Every single month I run one. So just send me a message and I will send you the current link. And many of you know that I am a parent coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a counselor. And before I became a life coach and a parent coach, I was helping people lose weight and I still help people lose weight. And I've been doing that since 2013. And I help probably on average about 10 to 20 people a month. So you can imagine 10 to 20 people a month since August of 2013, the cross section of feedback that I have gotten from that has been so powerful. And it's funny because while I was helping them lose weight, I would say, what's causing you the most stress? What's causing you because they would say, I'm emotional eating. I feel an emotion. I just have to eat my feelings. And I said, well, what's causing you the most stress? And they'd say, oh, my parent, my kids were causing a lot of stress. My marriage is causing me a lot of stress, my job and my house. Those were the top things that caused them stress. And so I realized that the extra weight was never about the extra weight. It was something deeper. 
kind of like our children's behavior always, there's something always underneath it. The same thing went to, if someone has extra weight, it's usually something underneath the extra weight that's causing it. And if you can get to the root cause of it, what you eat and how you work out is secondary. And I had one of my challengers, Jen Munster Tiger, who's my one of my favorite people on the planet. She was Grady's VPK teacher. She wrote a blog post that made me open my eyes because when I started in 2013, I would give people the exact meal plan. I would give them the list of foods. I would give them sample meal plans. I would give them the workouts. They would check in with me every single day that they were staying accountable to their nutrition and to their workouts. And some people would get crazy awesome results. And then some people wouldn't even open up the box. Some people wouldn't even look at the meal plans or they would work out for a couple weeks and then just kind of peter off or dabble. And then they weren't getting results. And I was so frustrated with this whole process that I couldn't figure out why people weren't getting results and then why some people would. If you put weight loss into the model, you can put as a circumstance your current weight. Now your thought about the circumstance is what we can control. Where everybody tries to control the C, which is the weight on the scale, it's the thought about the weight on the scale that you have the most control over which drives your feelings, which drives your actions, which drives your results. And so my friend Jen wrote this blog post that woke me up to why people don't get results. It's because they're not managing the T line of the model. They're trying to manage the C line, which is the the scale, but they're not changing their thoughts about the scale, the number on the scale. And so they're white knuckling their way to weight loss or they have a wedding and so the the in the T line is all about the wedding, the wedding, the wedding. So they white knuckle, they do all the A's of like working out, eating clean, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. I mean, losing weight is actually very simple when you think about it. It's that our brain gets in the way and creates all this mind drama that's unnecessary because it wants to prevent us from going to the next level. It wants us it wants to prevent us from losing weight. It wants us to never feel a negative, difficult emotion. And remember, the brain, the amygdala part of the brain only wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. So everything that goes on that I just said about losing weight goes clearly against the amygdala's job. The amygdala wants to sit on the couch, watch Netflix, and eat bonbons. And that's why most people don't lose weight is because they don't manage their mind around it. They get the meal plan, they get the workout, but then they are not looking at the T line and the T line never changes. And then they have a difficult emotion that comes up. And so they eat their feelings instead of feeling their feelings. And so Jen wrote this blog post. She says, a long time ago, I heard Dr. Phil say something to the effect of, if you keep repeating the same behavior over and over, you must be getting something out of it. And she was outraged, she says. How could you dare imply that I would want to be overweight? And so she goes on to say the six reasons why being overweight was actually benefiting for her. Even though she didn't like it, the alternative, she liked more. And she said, number one, it's what people see. It's all that people see. If someone is walking down the street and looks at me, they see a fat person. These are her words, not mine. They don't see insecurity, anxiousness, depression, or fear. They don't see a bad mother, a bad wife, a lazy slob, or a procrastinator. 
They just see a fat person. It's a shield that protects someone from seeing the true brokenness inside, from seeing the core fears of not being good enough, not being heard, and not being in control. I mean, if that is not a powerful insight, I don't know what is. And that was only number one. I read that and my jaw was on the floor. It made so much sense to me of why some people go all out and get results and then some people don't because the extra weight is actually acting as a protective bubble against vulnerability. I've been talking on this podcast so much about how we're running from our feelings and running from vulnerability and running from all the difficult emotions. But whatever you resist will only persist. So if you never feel a negative emotion, you can never get to the other side and live a full life because you're always running like Forrest Gump or using extra weight as a, as a shield, as a protective layer, as a defense mechanism, as a wall to hide behind. So it's actually serving you even though it's uncomfortable and it's difficult because we always have a choice. So everybody always makes the choice to feel better. So in some ways, the extra weight is making you feel better because the amygdala is winning. This is all optional. This is why the T-line is so powerful in the model. And that was just number one. I was like, what else is she gonna say? This is so powerful. And I was so proud of her and am so proud of her that she was and is so vulnerable all the time. And I share this blog post with so many people because it wakes people up to know the root cause of why they're not getting results. And it has less to do with the meal plans and the workouts. Once you get the T-line under control, then the T-line will start to create some motivation and create some momentum and create some inspiration, which would create consistency, consistency in working out, consistency in eating right, and eating right because it feels good. And then the result would be the scale would change, which is the ultimate goal. If it's a problem in your life, if weight, extra weight, when I polled my audience, 93% of people are not comfortable at their current weight. They're not happy with their current weight. They're not comfortable in their current skin. I think that is a very high percentage. And then I asked the same 93%, how often do you think about your extra weight? that how much it bothers you. And they said 95, almost all, 95% of the day, almost all day. That was mind blowing to me because we're using so much emotional bandwidth on something that is within our control. And sometimes the extra weight acts as a really, really, really good distraction, either against a difficult emotion or against a marriage that might feel stressed. So it's a way to protect yourself from intimacy or a way to, of, to protect yourself from being seen and heard. And number two, she says, it's a really good excuse. It's a really good excuse to not go to that party and not join in on an event. It keeps me safe in my little bubble. I don't want to be seen in a bathing suit, so I just won't join in. It's an excuse for my high blood pressure and high cholesterol and not sleeping well at night. It's not my fault because I'm fat. So it's very easy. You know, I always talk about kicking the dog when you get home from work and Your kids just ask for a glass of water and you lose your mind because you're so frustrated from other things going on. And then we use our children as a scapegoat and a dog to kick, so to speak. That's what we do with extra weight. And I've seen this time and time again because I've helped so many people 
get to a weight that they feel comfortable in their own skin, that they feel comfortable in their own clothes, that they feel comfortable in their jammies, they feel comfortable while they're sleeping, they sleep better, they have energy. I've seen it so many times and I'm so passionate about teaching people how to love the skin that they're in because then you can give that gift to your child. Because I always say monkey see, monkey do. So if you have a weight problem or an addiction to food or you're not feeling your negative emotions and having the food buffer against those negative emotions, there is a very high probability that you will pass that on to your children, especially moms to daughters. Because the, the level of self-love and body love and body image that you have, the, that, the higher it is, the higher it will be for your daughters. The more we're stuffing our feelings, drinking our feelings, pushing our feelings away, not learning about emotional literacy, the more we're going to pass it on to our kids. And number three, she says, it lets me eat whatever I want. People already think I'm fat, so I might as well go down in flames. Let's have a fried appetizer and a foo-foo cocktail and a 2,000 calorie meal followed by dessert. Who cares what people think? They expect me to eat like this because I'm fat. They already think I'm fat. So I'm just going to keep eating whatever I want. I was like, wow, that's so powerful that you have that insight to know that it's almost like if I have one flat tire, then I'm just going to go slash the other three to not create any effort. And this isn't just Jen. This is what I see time and time again. And it blew my mind. And I'm finally now seeing the patterns because the brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. So that does not mean working out. That does not mean eating clean. And that does not mean getting enough sleep. Number four, she says, life is on my terms. I have an excuse for everything. If they don't like me, it's not because I was an insensitive B-I-T-C-H. It's because I'm fat. If someone is going to judge me, it's because I'm fat. It's on my terms. I've made my choices. It's my false sense of security. So no one is actually seeing what's underneath. Do you see how underneath the weight, it's almost like the, the success iceberg? We see the success iceberg and on top of the iceberg, you see success. And then underneath what you don't see when people are successful in whatever area that you want to talk about. So the success iceberg can be used for any analogy, any part of life, whether it's a clean house, it's calmness during parenting, a happy marriage, weight loss, an organized home. On the top of the iceberg, you see success. But what you don't see underneath, which the brain doesn't want in any area of your life, the amygdala part of the brain, I should say, you don't see the hard work, the risks, the late nights, the struggles, the failures, the persistency, the discipline that goes into it, the exhaustion, the doubts, the criticism, the disappointments, the rejections, and the sacrifices. You see the success on top, but you don't see everything underneath. And then when the brain starts to go down that path, it gets so scared that it runs the other way. Yet 93% of people are thinking about their weight 95% of their day. That's a lot of emotional bandwidth going to something that you can change. And what happens is you take that away, that fixation on the scale, you lose the 50 pounds, whatever it is, and you start to feel things that you're not used to feeling. And so that's why a lot of people put their weight back on, not because they're lazy and they don't have self-control. It's because they felt more comfortable having the bubble. 
they have so much more vulnerability when they're in skin that they're comfortable in. And this is number five. Oh, I thought she did six. She only did five. This is the most important one of all, she says. It keeps me from feeling my feelings. It protects me from pain. Rather than think about how so-and-so hurt my feelings by not inviting me somewhere, I can run to the freezer, dig out some ice cream, turn on Big Bang Theory, and it all goes away. No more pain. Isn't that powerful? So the extra weight is actually acting like bubble wrap to pain. But yet every single human on this planet feels pain. Pain is a part of the universal experience of being a human. And we all sign up for it. And we have children, we sign them up for it too. So pain isn't going anywhere. When we're so afraid of pain, then we do things like this and we trade one pain for another pain. And we say, well, I'm going to do this pain on purpose because I'm so afraid of failing. So instead of going and putting myself out there and making an effort, and what if I don't get results? So we don't get results on on purpose ahead of time. So like Jen said, it's on her terms. She said, the reality is I just exchanged a few moments of pain for another pound. The reality is whether I'm skinny or fat, I'm still going to have the same insecurities, the same fears. Life is not going to become easier if I'm skinny and healthy or obese and sick. So as one of my trusted advisors would say, shout out to Aladdin, it's time to go put on my big girl panties. It's time for me to stop running from this. It's time for me to step up to the plate and step out in faith. God is calling me to do more. God is calling me to be obedient and share the most raw things inside of me. And if one person gets just one nugget, then it's worth it. And I am telling you, I was so moved by this. And I hope that it helped you kind of see through your own story if this is an area for you. Because my email is flooded with people trying, wanting, desperate to get comfortable in their own skin. They are, my emails are just filled with, please, Kelly, help me, set me up, hook me up. And they think that something outside of them will help them. And yes, I can help them. But the main way that I can help you or help them is by working on the T-line. If you do not manage the T-line of the model and you keep thinking the same thoughts over and over and over, then nothing will change. And when nothing changes, nothing changes. Because what happens is they start off with gangbusters, they get super excited, and then after two or three weeks, then it starts to get into the real world where I have to show up for things outside of the wedding, outside of the excitement that wore off. Now what do I do? And that's where the compelling reason comes in so strong that I wanna do this because yes, it's scary to be raw and vulnerable, but it's scarier to stay the same day in and day out. So I hope this helped. I'll come back next week to talk to you a little bit more about this. And if you need help, please do not hesitate to reach out. I love helping people conquer the T-line, focus on the A-line and get results. Because when you can challenge yourself and tackle this, then the same discipline and the same lessons that you learned in this process can be applied to all the other areas. And the biggest motivator that I have in my life is knowing that Lily and Grady are watching me and they are absorbing all of it. I don't sit them down and talk to them and say, this is why I do, this is what I, I just model and embody it. And I show up when it's hard 
and I have them help me to keep me accountable, I show them that it's hard and I'm choosing hard things every single stinking honking day. And then life starts to feel a lot easier, not because life's easier in itself, it's because I've chosen hard over and over and over and then it doesn't feel so hard. And when it feels hard, that's when I lean in because I want to override the amygdala and I want to teach my kids how to override the amygdala. I don't want them to get to something that's hard in their life and say, I'm just going to check out. I'm just going to tap out and watch Netflix because that's what mom does. I want them to do the exact opposite and lean into hard because this is how you teach grit. And I think grit is a very, very powerful thing that when you can embody it, then you can give that to your children naturally. Not hustle, burn yourself out, have no life, but have that balance of grit going after things that are hard because that's what's gonna give you inner peace. And inner peace is transferred onto your children. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year, bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, What was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.